Welcome to the Company of One podcast. This is episode number 163. I am your host, Dale Callahan. Today we're talking about finding your path after 30. Now, after 30 years old is what I mean here. Uh, So let me just give you a quote that was given to me to put this in context. And she said, when you get into your 30s, you do not know where to go. Up to now, you had a plan. High school counselors and parents helped you find a college. College helped you find a job. And when you got started on the job, you had some direction since you were new and just learning. Now you're experienced with so many options of where to go and no one is directing you. Boy, I find this all the time. It's not just 30, it's it's 40s. You know, there's this certain point, and I would say for most people it's in their late 20s, at this certain point that there's this unsteadiness with the career. And I hate to use the word career. I just hate that word. I don't even know what it means anymore. But, you know, that's what we tend to call it. So, uh, but if we look at this concept of going in and struggling of where your path is, this is pretty much a true statement that we do find in high school, we have high school counselors. In college, we kind of have career guidance, maybe or maybe not, uh, but our faculty members do. You know, if you go into the military or something, you have a plan. You don't really have to guess what's to do. When you come out of the military, there may be somebody guiding you, maybe not. Uh, But this whole aspect of just needing some help to do this. So if you feel this way, if you feel like, wow, you know, nobody's really directing me to the next step, you know, welcome to the over 30 crowd. Welcome to being a professional and welcome to corporate America because this is a, a very standard feeling in the corporate world. Um, and um, I'm trying to read this. So this is a very standard feeling in the corporate world. So I'm trying to read my equipment while I'm doing this, and which is really a bad idea because ADD kicks in really, really strongly for me. So, so here's a. I want to kind of give you some background and concept of what's going on. About what are some signs? If you're finding yourself, you've been in a career for a while, and you um, feel like you kind of know what you're doing now. You've been in a job for a while, and maybe you're suffering some things. Jack Canfield, who's author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, you probably know, his 20 bazillion books, Chicken Soup for the Dog Soul, the Cat Soul. I think there's even probably a book, Chicken Soup for the Chicken Soul. But anyway, I like Jack Canfield. He's a cool guy. He uh, certainly very successful author. He has a blog post. I will put you a note to it. Uh, in the show notes, which, by the way, is at delcallahan.com slash 163. But he has it called, How to Know When the Universe is Telling You You're on the Wrong Path. Jack's one of these uh, new age guys. At times, he kind of dives back and forth between the new agey type stuff. So I think he really means the universe is talking to us. I don't know. Um, I struggle with uh, what that means. Is But, you know, here we are. So, Here's a couple of things that he says. Actually, there's a couple of things that I'm taking from what he says in his podcast about some signs and some telltale signs that maybe you're in this path. Do you feel any of these things? Number one, I'm just not as interested in my work 
as I once was. Maybe the stuff I love. I'm feeling a little bored. I'm not want. I'm not um, not wanting to dive into the details like I used to. Right? You know, maybe there's a, a a book on the subject of my work or some kind of activity, and I'm just not driven to do that like I used to. I look at it, like, eh. you know, it's just we're just boredom. It just feels like boredom. The second thing is you may complain about the company, you may complain about the boss, or you may complain about your coworkers often. I know you all work for jerks, and we all work for companies that are insane, right? Uh, a friend of mine refers to people inside the comps, one of the organizations that I'm involved with. It says those people are a waste of a waste of life. Uh, so, but if you find yourself in that spot where I'm constantly complaining and the company's a bunch of idiots, the people I work with are a bunch of idiots, you know it might be you. I'm not suggesting your company's perfect or any company is perfect or your team is ever going to be perfect, but let's face it, um, that's just real, right? We all know that. Uh, but if it's just something you find yourself with all the time, it could be it's more about you than it is about them. So if you find yourself complaining often, you look in the mirror. There might be some signs that you're on the wrong path. Number three, you hunger for change. Now that's a pretty clear answer, right? You hunger for change even if you're not sure what that means. You might, number four, you might fear change. This is the opposite. Even though I hunger for change, many people as a hunger for change, they fear change at work. Because if something changes, if a policy changes, if the boss changes, I'm go I might have to learn something more about a field that I'm already bored with. And I don't want to learn anything more. So I might fear change as much as I hunger. The change I hunger for is just in me. I want to do something different. I might find number five that you're dealing with anxiety and depression. And a lot of times those sneak up on you and you don't know. That's what it's called. So you may be feeling anxiety and depression and not know. For instance, you're not really ever fully relaxed. Your mind's constantly going on what happens at work, uh, the challenges at work. Uh, you're, you maybe often feel like there's something bad about to happen, like I'm going to get fired or, or you know, something bad is going to go on. They're going to shut the division down. Some of those things can really happen, right? But if you're just constantly bombarded with these types of thoughts, then, well, there could be some anxiety and depression going there. And I'm not a therapist, but sometimes anxiety and depression is brought on by stress. Jack Canfield then said it in his article, is stress. I'm giving it more specific name. So number six, you might have, and boy, this is, this is a big one, you might have chronic medical issues. Oftentimes, when you go to the doctor, they don't know what's wrong. I got tummy troubles. My stomach is always upset. Or this, these, maybe I'm having a backache. Uh, and uh, maybe I'm having what's carpal tunnel syndrome. Uh, there's all kinds of migraine headaches. There's all kinds of things that I notice, and probably you notice as you look around. There's a whole bunch of people, as they enter the workforce, they start to develop symptoms, Right? I know I did. I was beginning to go to the doctor a whole lot after I went to work in a corporate job that I hated and despised. 
So if you have these chronic issues, and sometimes like what we call undiagnosed, you go to the doctor and they're like, well, there's nothing really wrong with you, Dale. You're fine. You know, we do the little test, we check you out. You're fine. Or they give it some kind of weird disease name that's new. Um, you know, you see all these kind of things uh, that are, what is the tired syndrome? And, and I realize there's all these bizarre syndromes now. And we come up with new ones every day. But a lot of it is weird. And I'm, I'm going to give you a couple. Back pains. Back pain, the number one symptom in America that, for people who visit doctors. Uh, wrist pain, you know, carpal tunnel syndrome, migraines, stomach issues are, are other big giant uh, pain points. Oddly enough, when I see people who leave jobs and retire, and they may struggle with this pain going from doctor to doctor to doctor, but they leave a job or they retire, and what happens is the pain goes away. And I know there's there's a great book. Um, it's called, it's actually, he's got several books. Dr. John Sarno, so a medical doctor, started researching this, starting with back pain, as he was seeing uh, people come into his clinic with physical back pain. They may go get x-rays and they may be told, hey, they've got a, uh, they've got something wrong with a disc, right? And they, some of them may even end up in surgery and it doesn't make the pain go away. It may move. You know, maybe they start with migraines and then they get that, they get that taken care of through medicine or something and then they have stomach pains. Then they get that taken care of or they get some resolution, they have foot pain and pain moves around. And it's interesting, a psychological study, if you will, I don't know. There's, there's fan, fancy names he gives for these syndromes, but it's really a mind-body connection, right? And I'm stating this not as a medical doctor. I'm just stating this as more a systems engineer, knowing that the human body is a system. But So if you're finding yourself in that spot where suddenly you've developing these things and suddenly you're, there's, there's a lot of lack of clarity on what's going on with your chronic pains and your chronic syndromes, it could be this stress reaction that comes from, I just feel out of place. I feel like I'm on the wrong path and I feel empty. A lot of times I give this two names. Well, I give this the name of what we call cubicle insanity, right? We're stuck, stuck in a cube, we're stuck in a job, and we just kind of lose our mind after a while. It becomes what's called a corporate lobotomy. I become numb. I don't care anymore. But I, and, and, and I feel like I'm in the wrong place, and I, but I don't know what to do or where to go or how to run or how to get there. I'm numb and unable to see clearly what to do from here. How did I get here? How do I get out? The truth is, you are in a box. You probably cannot see your way out, but you put yourself in the box, right? So that's what we usually do. So take heed, though. Take heed. There is a way out. I know because I've been in the box. Uh, I've created the box for myself, and I work with people all the time that are in the box. And you probably know lots of people that were in the box and have escaped the box. Amen. So let's get out. So we see the same kind of thing in fitness, right? We get in ruts in fitness. Maybe we used to be good at a game and skill, and we've gotten away from playing the game. So we, we find ourselves pulled away from it. There's all kinds of things we see this in. Let's just talk about our job there for a minute. What can help? 
Right. Because you don't really care about all the symptoms. I'm just saying if you have these symptoms, if this girl's message where she says, nobody's here to lead you after you become a professional and you've reached a certain level in your career, it's not a college counselor or a high school counselor or the first day on the job, people who are going to drive me and help me and lead me. I now have got to lead myself and figure out where to go. So here's a couple of things that can help. And I'm going to give you a list of them. And generally, I'm going to put them all under the, in the title of coaching. Right? You need a coach. Just like you're out of shape, you maybe used to be a track star, you used to play some sport in high school, and you were in great shape, but now you're out of shape. And you can go to the gym and look to get all the equipment and say, well, that looks really cool, but I don't know what to do. At this stage in my life, where I am now, I don't know where to start. Uh, something we do very often, gym counselors, I mean, uh, gym coaches make a lot off of this, or fitness coaches. So that's what we need for our career is, is some kind of coaching. Someone that can say, Here's where you are, a path from point A to point B. So the first thing we'll find in that space of coaches is what we would call career counselors. Search it on Google. You'll find bazillions of them at every price point from basically almost free to thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, I don't really like career counselors, number one. I hate the word career, but here I go again using it. But here's what I find most of them doing, and this is probably helpful to us at some point in time. What most of them want to do is help us update our resume, maybe update our LinkedIn profile, both maybe good things to do, especially the LinkedIn profile. I don't have a lot of use for the resume, as you know, because I wrote a book called Resumes Are Worthless. There's probably a clue. But the LinkedIn profile, yeah. Uh, and they, But they help you find a job. And that's what really career counselors are usually about, is they help you find a job. Some of them say they will help you find direction, but they tend to like the standardized test that just puts you in a box. I, I, and I hate being put in a box. At this point in your career, now that you have some experience, you have so many options on the table, uh, you need to be able to think outside the box. When, we, when you went to high school, when you went to college, that was all putting you in a box. Like it or not, that's what we do. All right, so career counselors, they're a path, but that's that's the limitation. It's in-the-box thinking. Therapist and psychologist is another one, whatever you want to call them. Um, I like this one better since they're not in the box. They tend to talk to you or help you talk. Actually, as you've ever been to a psychologist or therapist, whatever you want to call it, they're providing you little direct guidance of telling you what to do. They're trying to get you to talk through it. It can be really helpful because they're not in the box. But the downside is they can't really help you think through the problem from an area of expertise. They don't really know where you're going. They know their field. And that's they're going to have a limited perspective of your career and understanding of where you are but can be really awesome just to help you think through things. Uh, again, price points are all over the, the place. I think probably average $100 an hour, but that probably varies widely. Um, mastermind groups. I'm throwing this one in here. Some of you may not be familiar with that. Mastermind groups, 
uh, or groups of people that meet together to try to help each other. They can be awesome, but boy, they're hard to find a good one. And they're often focused around a topic like a mastermind group for entrepreneurs, a mastermind group for um, you know people in a focused in a certain industry and things like that. So I I throw that out there as a possibility. Again, the prices are anywhere from free to name a price fifty thousand dollars a year, um, but all over the map, but hard to find. And if you're already kind of in this rut, I would say hunting down a mastermind group is probably a challenge, unless you already know of them. The next thing you could do is grad school. Millions and millions and millions of options, or if it's if you don't have a degree, go to college. I only, only, only say that, though. If the program you're looking at, if and only if it has real coaching involved in the program. And by real coaching, I mean somebody, and we'll talk about what to look for in a coach in a minute. Some of these graduate programs, like especially some of the MBA programs, some of the engineering management programs like I'm doing, they say they have coaching, but it's not the professors doing the coaching. It's not the people who have industry experience doing the coaching. It's somebody they hire to do coaching. And usually they're a career coach that they're back down in the career counselor area. So I don't like those. Uh, I I think they tend to put you right back in another box. But there are grad school programs that have what I would consider real coaching. We do that in ours. I'll put a link to it. The Information Engineering Management is a Master's of Engineering. It's an engineering management program at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. We do that. We do real serious coaching. Uh, helping people launch business and grow in their careers, whatever the case is. And we we deal with people who know what they're talking about. so that's that's a path. The, the the last one is just generally coaches, people who consider themselves coaches or consultants. They oftentimes go by the title of career coaches, which is different than career counselors. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. Career coaches, life coaches, executive coaches. And you really want to make sure if you go that route, you're not just getting a career counselor who's going to test you. We're going to give you some standardized tests, and we're going to evaluate you, and we're going to help you update your resume and those kind of things. All that, again, can be valuable, but it's not what most people are looking for at this point. Uh, so, But they go by so many names. This has been the best option for me in the past. I've actually played with every one of these from, from different points of times. Uh, I found the career counseling just, I, I didn't like it. Uh, psychologists where somebody you can just pay and say, hey, you know, I'm struggling through this and I don't know who else to talk to. Actually, not too bad. Um, the grad schools, obviously, I've done plenty of those. I found a lot of those, although they, I love the experience. I kept paying, right? Um, not really that helpful as a whole. If I was going into one, I would search the coaching out. Very, I'd be very focused on that. But the coaches, the career coaches, life coaches, executive coaches, I don't care what they call them. Um, they're really, if you get the right person, uh, they are really going to be focused on helping you move from point A to point B and C and D because they're going to help you figure it out because they understand the game. Now, that's important. That's important. If you want to move, if you feel like I'm here and I feel like I'm in a rut, and I feel like I just need, uh, I, you know, I, I can do my job, but don't know where to go next. I don't see a path. Maybe I'm a little afraid to make some change. 
even though I know change is needed, how do I get out of this? So what to look for in a coach? Number one, and this is going to be the last things I'm going to tell you today, but uh, because this could go on and on. Number one, you want life experience. Now by that, I mean I have seen 20-year-olds tell me they're going to become life coaches. I'm sorry, that just doesn't fit the smell test to me. A 20-year-old who tells me they're going to be a life coach and they can coach me. I, I could see a 20-year-old fitness coach. I could see a 20-year-old volleyball coach. I could see a 20-year-old coaching me in something they actually know how to do well. But a 20-year-old coach, career coach, I'm sorry. But, and and there, there's a bazillion of them out there, bazillion. And um, the, it just, you want somebody who's got some life experience, who's kind of walked in your shoes or walked down paths that are similar to you. Related to that is work experience. People who are not just coming back into the workforce. I see a lot of moms, no disrespect here, but a lot of moms who've raised children who come back into the workforce and say, I want to work from home. I'm going to be a career coach. They've been out of the workforce so long, they just don't have the work experience and the chops you need to get you there. Can they coach in things? Absolutely. But that's not who I would hire uh, when I'm in a technology industry and looking for somebody who's touching that stuff all the time, uh, who's having conversations with technology leaders all the time. That's just not who I want to do. You also find people who don't have work experience in the sense they can't find a good job, so they hang out a shingle and call themselves a coach. Run away from these two. You want life experience and you want work experience. But the third experience you want, which is really, really important, you want them to be experienced in your pain. You want them to have had the same career and job struggles you've had. Okay, not exactly. Not necessarily the same companies. Not exactly everything. But they need to know the pain. Uh, so here's one way I know that is uh, if they're saying the words that you're feeling without you ever opening your mouth. If you're like, if you're thinking, how did you read my mind? There's a clue that maybe they're tied in. Either they're good at marketing. But maybe they're tied in and they understand the pain you're feeling. Um, connections. Now, this is this is the fourth thing. This isn't really a requirement, but this is a huge benefit. If you've got somebody with work experience, life experience, and they've experienced your pain, they probably have lots of connections. I mean, you go to LinkedIn, they got over 500 connections. That's a clue, okay? If they got, if you go to LinkedIn and they got 50 connections or 100, you know, you're just like. This person's not well connected and they're not using the most connected tool, LinkedIn, to connect people. Well, that's not a deal killer, but connections can be very valuable, especially if they're guiding me on where to go next. This one you're gonna love. I want somebody with wealth. Actually, the two next things I'm gonna tell you is contradictory, so hang on. Wealth. Someone who has already made it or has plenty of money from their day job, whatever they're doing, right? And by that, I mean they have a consultancy, they have a coaching practice, but the practice has got plenty of money flowing in. Maybe they do this on the side, they got plenty of money flowing in. Uh, maybe they're both. They're just wealthy and they're still working and they're still making plenty of money. I like that kind of coach personally. I don't want a starving coach. I don't want people trying to sell me on junk. I don't need just because they need it more than I do. 
right? You've seen that fitness guy in the gym who's like, yeah, I can I can do anything for you because, you know, I, I need money. No, I don't want that kind of coach. And I appreciate people that are doing coaching that need money and this is what they do for the career. And this is how they pay their bills. I appreciate that. I don't want that. I want somebody to take me to the next level. And the only way you're going to take me to the next level is if you already have been to the next level, right? So I want somebody with some wealth or some income that they're not dependent upon me paying their bills. However, to flip this thing backwards, I want to see a price tag. Now, that's weird because I'm a cheap person. I like to pay low amounts of money for anything. I like a deal. So do you probably. But if they're not charging me, that tells me what it's worth, right? Free is not going to add value. Um, if you're not willing to pay, this is you now, if you're not willing to pay for coaching, you're just not ready for a change, right? If I go to the gym and I'm not ready to pay for that guy to coach me and I'm standing around looking at all the gym equipment and saying, well, this looks really nice. I don't know what to do with any of it. Don't know where to get started. I'm paying $25 a month for my gym membership, whatever the price you want to pay. But I'm not really willing to pay that guy 100 bucks an hour. You're not ready to change. The pain's not hit you yet, right? And that's fine. Maybe you're not there. But if you don't have a coach who is willing to charge you what it's, what it's worth, they may charge all kinds of different rates. That's okay. Um, but they need to put you because you need skin in the game. And they also need to know what they charge you. If they flap around they say, well, I don't really know what I charge. It kind of depends. You know, they have a fee. In other words, they're professionals. They know if you go to an attorney, they say, we charge this much an hour. Here's how we do. Maybe for a wheel, we charge this much money. You know, I want somebody who knows what the heck they're doing, that knows not only how to help me, but knows the business they're in. And they're, we're not talking about that in money. So I, I go to a gym and go to a coach in the gym, and he'll tell me, I charge $99 an hour, and here's what most people do with me. You got options of how you can use me. Uh, so, but a lot of coaches, I want wealth. I want them to be wealthy enough, and I want a price tag. I want to know that they're going to charge me. And here's the other clue: is I want a conversation. I don't like these things where you just sign up and it says, "Put your credit card in here." They're out there. If you search the web for coaching, you will find. Put your credit card in here. Um, and, but you'll never have a conversation. So when I do coaching with people, I'm basically going to give them a free coaching session. I'm not, they don't have to ask for it. That's the way we're going to do it because they need to know what they're getting into, but I also am evaluating them. I want to know, do I want to work with somebody like you? Because there's just some people I can't help. There's some people that are just a painful for me to work with. And there's some people I just need to refer to somebody else. Right? So I want to know that because I'm not going to try to help somebody that's just painful for me. Why would I do that? I don't need them for the money. Uh, but I do love helping people that need the help. So you're looking for a connection. So most of the good people, you're going to have a conversation. You're going to have a chat up front with the coach, not just with a person who's trying to sell the service. And um, and you're going to actually talk to the real person. And you're going to have enough chat to know, I feel comfortable with this person, and they feel comfortable with me. They 
They don't want to work for anybody or just want to work with anybody. You want that. You want your coach to be picky, right? So all of this is in the world of coaching. I look again for a coach who has lots of real world experience. If you are stuck, if you're feeling stuck, you need coaching. I just say that. I say that as a cheap person. I say that as a person who does not like to spend money. However, I will say this has been my experience. If you don't get out of your rut, you're leaving money on the table. Meaning you can make a lot more money. We, me and you, we tend to put ourselves in the boxes more financially than anybody else will. Somebody else will look at us and say, you have more earning potential. I tell people that all the time. I'm like, They're, you're leaving money on the table. Not, not to say you want to do it, but you have so much more earning potential than you're taking advantage of now. If you can get a coach, and so let's say you spend, I don't pick a dollar figure, right? Whether you spend $1,000, $3,000, $5,000, $10,000, I don't care what you spend on a coach. What happens if they can up your salary $30,000? I mean, that's where my sweet spot is, is it his hitting people another $30,000 a year. If you can, if a coach can get you moved up $30,000 a year, isn't it worth some investment? Because that's what most of us are doing is we're leaving money on the table and we're doing a job we're just bored with and don't like doing. And we all get stuck. I'm, you know, this, I'm titling this, you're 30 years old and you don't have a guide, but the fact is many of us, probably most of us, are gonna find ourselves career, again, that word I hate, we're gonna find ourselves career stuck at least a couple of times where we're just like, Dad, go in. I'm, I've been here before. I've had this feeling before. And I just feel like it's time to make a change. And now I'm so, I'm so mentally boxed in that I, I've kind of lost my connection of what to do next. It's the same thing when you go to the gym, right? I've done this workout 400 times. I know how to do it. I'm very comfortable, but I'm not growing. My muscles aren't growing. My cardio is not getting any better. Uh, but I don't know what to do to get myself out of the rut. It's the very same thing with bringing in money. So getting to a spot usually means, getting to a spot where you're getting help usually means more money. It usually, just been my experience, more money, more freedom, and because of that, more energy and a whole lot of more people smiling uh, more and uh, just having a general attitude because they're doing something cool again and because they're having fun again. So hopefully this helps you. If you're looking for coaching, uh, if you want to do hunting, go hunt it. Uh, I do some. I do a very limited amount. Shoot me an email at dale at dalecallahan.com. We'll have a conversation. We'll go from there. Uh, but also I can point you to some resources that are out there um, that probably I would feel comfortable with doing if I was to go do it. So Anyway, this is episode again, number 163. The show notes will be at dellcallahan.com slash 163. See you next week.